You're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. Give me a full ballerina skirt and a hint of saloon and I'm on board. Mm. Welcome to the She Became Visible podcast. I'm your host, Renee Steelman. This podcast is my story. It's your story. It's our story. It's all the stories of all the women who one day knew that it was time to remember who they were, who they are, and stand up and be seen. Hello. Welcome, welcome to She Became Visible. I'm Renee Steelman, your host, and I am joined today by dun, dun, drum roll Trish and drum roll Liz. Hey, girls. Hello. Okay, so we are here and we are going to be doing some girl talk about the very common uh, topic of the day, which is Christmas, because it's December. <laughs> and um, everybody is talking about, you know, if you well, not everybody, but a lot of people are talking about if you have question, if you are starting to question your uh, religion, Christianity, Christianity specifically, um, and you are starting to um, uh, wonder about this whole ritual that we do around this holiday. And, you, you know, if you're going through that, then this holiday becomes a little bit more... Um, hard it just becomes hard and it's funny because um i when my kids were little i loved christmas because you know you can go to the dollar store and make everybody happy on christmas morning you know <laughs> and then the older they get then they start this stupid list of things that they want and it's like tech stuff and you know thousands of dollars stuff and an iphone 14 and whatever and all of a sudden you know and plus then you as parents are sitting downstairs going Hello, where is everybody? It's, you know, because they're not downstairs. You know, the whole excitement just gets kiboshed, you know. So I didn't love it quite as much. But then leaving a religion, it I started out, as a lot of people do, and a lot of our listeners probably do, you start out by leaving a a, a, a prophet or maybe the, the dogma, but then you go, but the Book of Mormon is still true. And then you start going, oh, wait, the Book of Mormon is like, cuckoo as well. And then now you're like, well, what about Jesus? Mm -hmm. now, is Jesus, is that, is that whole story also a cuckoo, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you start that whole thing and then it's kind of like, okay, now I don't know what to believe. And I'm just going to put Santa Claus out in my front door and we're yep. just good. <laughs> and that's where we're going here. So we're going to, that's what we're going to be talking about is the whole where did this holiday come from? Why do we celebrate it? Why do we do the things that we do? And 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 then Trish is going to kind of be our leader today. She's gonna she's gonna lead our conversation. Um, start out, Trish, by just saying, explain what hegemony hegemony is. <laughs> first of all, that was a new word that when I started going down the whole rabbit hole of of 
any kind of religion. And I learned that word and I was kind of like, oh, got to look that one up in Webster. Well, yeah. And I have to give that one to my daughter. She is 20 and uh, she's very informed. She's one of those kids who always is researching and doing things and all of that. And she's the one who introduced me to that word. So, yeah. So it basically means, um, and, well, and there's different religions. So Christian um, hegemony means that you are assuming that everyone around you is Christian mm. or should be Christian. Yes. So <laughs> isn't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. And so, and of course that is a big deal happening in America right now. Right. right. I shouldn't say that. I hate saying America, United States right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so true. <laughs> it, you assume that everybody that is, uh, that lives in your state and in your country and worships and pledges allegiance to the flag of the United States of America under God uh, and to the republics. Therefore, if you're doing that, then you should be, and you you either are or you should be. Right. It's in our Pledge of Allegiance yes. right there. Yes. So yes. If you're an American, yes. that's who you are. And yeah. that would be a whole other discussion, but we're yeah. going to stick to Christmas today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the big reason that I, that I thought about this was I teach in the public school system and um, it has been in the past, I would say five to 10 years, a big push about making sure kids are understanding that Christmas is not the only holiday, that there are many other holidays and that some people don't, don't, um, celebrate any, but within the last year or so, Christmas has come back big time. Oh. And yeah, and it's been really interesting to see. So uh, just a, a, as an example, uh, we had a door decorating contest in our school, and I would say 75 to 80% of the doors were Christmas. Um, okay. I, me and my partner, we just did winter. So we did like mm. a ski slope with we actually had the kids make themselves skiers. It was hilarious. But um, mm. but then not only that, but we had our winter wishes, which is kind of a cool thing, um, assembly where we played Christmas music and we wore the Christmas sweaters and, you know, all of that. So mm -hmm. it really made me think about what about these kids who don't celebrate any holiday or celebrate. We have a lot of kids from the Middle East who, who moved to uh, where mm. I live mm. and and we don't even, you know say that there's anything else out there. And so right, right. I think it's important to think about. Well, and I think it's it's a lot like uh, English. It's if you have come to America, then you need to learn English and you need to speak English, which I can see where that that is probably a good idea. If I mm -hmm. move to France and I insist mm -hmm. on speaking English and I try to get a job or order something and nobody's speaking English, only people are only speaking French, I would see where the French would go, you live in France, mm -hmm. you need to speak French. Mm -hmm. So I get that. I get that. But when it comes to a religion and the so-called story of why people uh, came to America, then that's kind of a hard one to swallow. But it's that still it's that colonialism. It's yeah. that white supremacy. And it is. <sighs> yeah, language is, it is so hard. It's so Well, let's start out, Liz, by uh, showing a little YouTube that Trish found. And that just kind of starts the whole thing off and, and let's go from there. So let's go here and here. Muslim thing? I don't know if that's a reasonable accommodation. This meeting is very pressing. Merry Christmas to you too. Not everyone celebrates Christmas as a religious holiday or at all. The expectation that everyone does is called Christian hegemony, the widespread assumption that everyone is or should be Christian. 
So I can't say Merry Christmas? The problem isn't saying Merry Christmas. The problem is only respecting and honoring Christian holidays. In the United States, the First Amendment guarantees freedom of religion and from religion. However, the only federal religious holiday is Christmas. This means that people who observe non-Christian holidays may have to use personal time, sick days, floating holidays, or lose pay in order to observe. The 1964 Civil Rights Act prohibits employers from discriminating on the basis of religion. It's not inclusive to put up Ramadan decorations nine months late just because it's Christmas time. It's more impactful to unlearn anti-Muslim bias. Putting up a menorah is pointless if your school or workplace is anti-Semitic and does not acknowledge or allow time off for the high holidays or other Jewish holidays. Respecting religious diversity and the right to not be religious is part of fighting for our collective liberation. Remember, this isn't the only holiday season. Smarter in seconds. Interesting. Yeah, pretty fun. It's really interesting to think about things from other perspectives. Yeah. Um, I do know in the school system that there is uh, rules that uh, students are allowed to take off for their own holidays. But how is that going to work? Like, so they take off, and then they have to make up all the work that they missed, right. you know, and then um, yeah. besides that, most of them probably don't even know they're allowed to do that because it's not out into the world. So right. yeah, very interesting. And the hard thing about that too, is we are such a white Christian um, society that even like, I remember going to New York during, um, uh, golly, I cannot think the name of it, but the October, uh, the huge Jewish holiday in October, which okay. is all about forgiveness. What's it called? Do you remember? No, Can't but remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, stores were closed. And there were palm leaves and people on the streets with their palm leaves. And I remember being just a little irritated that I needed to go to these stores. And there were so many things that were closed down because there's a large Jewish population, a large business owners. And, you know, and, and then and then you listen Yom to people. That, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. And that's a big holiday in the Jewish world. And then and then you go to, you know, you hear people that go to Utah and they're like, I can't. I can't buy alcohol after 10 p.m. or or whatever some of the rules are. And then that's a religious thing. That's a religious belief out there. And so that's probably the two states that um, have a large uh, influx of religion, you know, church and state. I don't know if there's other states that have a, a large competition between church and state uh, like Utah and New York. Um, but you just look at all of the diversity and, you know, probably a lot of our ancestors came through Ellis Island mm -hmm. and um, mine didn't. Mine came through Pennsylvania, but a lot of the East Coast, you know, so there was all kinds of different holidays and rituals and beliefs. And even even your Christianity was different. Sure. And so I can see where the farther we got away from the East Coast, the more it became a white Christian mm -hmm. everything. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things we'll talk about. So uh, I thought it'd be interesting to ask you guys, did you ever get frustrated if people were upset? If you said Merry Christmas, was that anything that ever bothered you? You know, I remember when that whole brouhaha started because, you know, in the sixties and seventies and eighties, I don't think anybody even, but when it became more like, Hey, I don't celebrate. I'm Jewish, but thank you. You know, mm -hmm. um, and then I remember it was an awakening. It was where you went, oh, uh, 
Thank you. I never thought of that because yeah. I just live in my little white Christian world. And yeah, the, for me. yeah, so it wasn't like I was like, don't you dare say that to me. It was more like, oh, I never thought about that. But the only thing that bothered me was I felt like the 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 elementary school Christmas program kind of went downhill. And, and so there's my, there's my prejudice coming in and, and, and I will back that up with, um, with my granddaughter. My son just sent me a clip from my granddaughter's Christmas party. And so there's this little, you know, third grade choir up there and they start the song. And I am not kidding you. This was the first two and a half minutes of the snog song. Snow, 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 snow. And I was like, I wrote him back and I said, I want you to know I wrote those lyrics that took me a long time, but those lyrics were hard. They were tough on me, you know? So I'm kind of like, oh, we need some more, you know, but, and I don't know now, I mean, I've been out of the elementary school programs for a long time, but I don't know whether they've, they're now doing a mixture. Are they doing a mixture now, Trish? Well, and that's part of the issue too, honestly, is, you know, I was like you guys, like, I, I like learning things. I like yeah. understanding. So like, oh, I didn't realize that that was, you know, a, a, something that people yeah. didn't like. And, and so I'm like that. And I think most of us are. There's always right. the small amount of people who are, you know, you can't make me, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of that. How but, dare you say happy yeah. holidays? How dare you? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think the other part of that, like, I think we, we did try to become more inclusive, but like the video showed that, that we just showed a little bit ago, it's really not inclusive to just throw in a song about dreidels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, if you're so, not actually doing anything, if it's just lip service. Right. And I think yeah. that's where the problem comes in is that I think people do mean well and they do want to be more inclusive, but how to do it properly, we really don't know. Like we really, mm -hmm. and so we kind of just stay away from it and sing about snow <laughs> so yeah. that we're not, so we're not hurting anybody. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. I don't know the answer. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast so we can kind yeah. of talk about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, what, what should we do to, to learn and grow, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, uh, Renee, uh, your assignment today was to talk a little bit about the historic historicity of Jesus's birth. So <laughs> we all know, and I think, I think most Christians already understand that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Yeah. Um, and I think most Christians understand that, but how much of the story actually is true? What'd you find out? Well, I want to start out by reading a story that I found very interesting. And, and I think it's probably a story that most of you or uh, most people in the United States of America will recognize. And it's about a young man. Um, it says that before he was born, his mother had a visitor from heaven who told her that her son would, would not be a mere mortal, but in fact would be divine. His birth was accompanied by unusual divine signs in heaven. And as an adult, he left his home to engage on an itinerant preaching ministry. He gathered a number of followers around him who became convinced that he was no ordinary human, but that he was the son of God. And he did miracles to confirm them in their beliefs. He could heal the sick, cast out demons and raise the dead. At the end of his life, he aroused opposition among the ruling authorities of Rome and was put on trial but they could not kill his soul. 
He ascended to heaven and continues to live there till this day. To prove that he lived on after his deity orb, he appeared again to at least one of his doubting followers who became convinced that in fact, he remains with us even now. Later, some of his followers wrote books about him and we can still read about him today. And who do you think I'm talking about? Well, it sounds like Jesus, but I'm assuming it's a trick. (laughs) It sounds like Jesus, but actually this is the story of Apollonius. Mm-hmm. And this was the story, and it goes along with a lot of the other uh, great either philosophers or great political leaders. They all had some kind of a godly or divine um, father who mated with a mortal human woman. And that is why they can be called a son of God or that they are divine is because they had a God as a father. That's a very common story among the Greeks and the Romans. Mm -hmm. And I think the interesting thing is when at this time, when you gather your children together and you dress them in their nativity outfits, you will read the story of Jesus's birth, either out of Matthew or Luke. But historians have pretty much all agreed that Mark and the letters of Paul were the first um, references to our gospel, what we think of as our New Testament, mm-hmm. our part of the Bible that involves Jesus. And yet, if you look in Mark, there is no mention of the birth of Jesus. He, nope. starts, the, he starts Mark out as an adult. In fact, there's even a part, and I don't I think, I'll see if I turn my phone off. Let me let me read in in Mark. There's a um, there's a scripture in Mark. Let's so and while you're while you're looking for that, Renee, yeah, yeah. one thing that I remember when we would gather our children together to read the Christmas story that you couldn't choose Matthew or Luke. You had to do both because oh, yeah. some parts are in one and yeah. some parts are in the other. Right. So even then we're not getting the whole story. So Right, right, right. And that was interesting. And I've heard people say, oh, my favorite is Luke, or I really prefer Matthew. And scholars agree that Matthew and Luke were probably written, well, were written after Mark yeah. and, and that all of them were written Letters of Paul were the earliest, and then Mark was probably written 70 years after the death or 70-something years after the death of Christ. So these are all retelling of, of stories that were told. But but Bart Ehrman, any of you that are um, really questioning your faith, I think one of the biggest questions is when people start to have a faith, um, I hate to use the word faith crisis, because I don't know if it's, it's, it's kind of like going to school and finding out that... Um, I don't know, any kind of new knowledge. Does that really create a crisis, you know? Faith growth. Faith growth. (laughs) I love Faith what, Liz? Transition. Transition. Thank you. I love that much better because faith crisis is is a grieving death of something that maybe you loved, which I guess you could use that as a definity, but it's it's not, it, it cannot, it cannot be traumatic. It can be actually inspiring, I guess. So some people like, cause it is a crisis in some ways, but rather anyway, but one of the things they'll say is where do I go now? Where do I get this information? Who should I listen to? What should I read? And Bart Ehrman is quoted by most scholars in some form or another. I've even heard the LDS Dan McLaren quote Bart Ehrman. He is a professor at the university of North Carolina. He teaches religion, even though he is now an agnostic 
Um, but he has so many books written out there about the birth of Jesus, the mythology of Jesus, the words that were misrepresented by Jesus, the resurrection. I mean, he has so many books out there, but he brings to the attention that in Mark, because Mark does not talk about a childhood Jesus at all, he talks about him as an adult. He doesn't even talk about him as a um, son of God yet, but in the first, so in Mark 3, he, uh, Jesus has gathered a bunch of people together and Mary and his brother go to save Jesus from this crowd. And they're kind of like, dang, we got to get this guy out of there. He hasn't eaten. He hasn't slept. And, and so, uh, it says there came then his brethren and his mother and standing without sent unto him, calling him and the multitude sat about him. And they said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek without seek for thee. And he answered them saying, who is my brother or my brethren? And he looked around about on them, which sat about him and said, behold, my mother and my brethren. And then in the King James version, it stops by the last verses for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother and my sister and mother. Mm -hmm. But in other versions of the new Testament, it literally says that Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brother thought he was crazy. They were like, what is wrong with him? It's like, what is he doing? He's out here doing all this rabble rousing and gathering all these crowds. And we don't know what's up with him. So Bart Ehrman brings up the fact that they thought he was crazy. They were not even aware yet that he was a divine being, that he was the son of God. And so anyway, but there were there, if you look at the story of Romulus, who was the the uh, the beginning of Rome, exact same story you know, divine God having, I don't know, they don't say sex, but anyway, having a relationship <laughs> with the human and this whole thing on virginity. Mm -hmm. um, if the, the thing that I love about Dan McClellan is when he goes through the Bible and I'm going to show you a, a quote from him, but when he goes through the Bible, he's not doing it from a, a theologian. He's doing it from a historian and just a, um, and also a literate way. And so he goes through words, what words mean. He talks about verbs and nouns and adjectives and conjunctions and, and all of this beautiful stuff. So what he's saying is these are words. And what we do as humans is put a meaning unto mm -hmm. those words. Yep. And then we proclaim those words to be gospel. Yep. And so he points out, this is what was happening. And like, he's talking about, um, um, Apollonius, that this was, this is what was happening in Greek. And even Julius Caesar was called the son of God and mm -hmm. Julius Caesar was adopted. And if you adopt an adult, you are actually have a high, higher place in the hierarchy than an actual literal son of Caesar. Cause Caesar had another son with Cleopatra, but he was not as high as Julius because Julius was adopted. And so he was called the son of God. So the word son of God meant something different than what we as Christians in 2022 put on those words that are in this story that was written down by men to kind of record what was happening in their minds in history. So the, the first thing for me, I don't know what it was for you, but the first aha thing for me was finding out that the freaking 
New Testament wasn't written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't even know that. That's how stupid, yeah. more, you know, yep. uh, excuse me, I shouldn't generalize. That's how silly <laughs> I was because honestly, the church does not use the Bible that often. Not We've been much. told the Bible mm -hmm. is only true as far as it's been translated correctly. And, and so it's not referenced very often unless it's Christmas. And then they read those two things about Matthew and the birth of Jesus. So and anyway. then, of course, we also decide somewhere that the um, the version that we use, the King James Version, is the best one. Yes. When you talk to scholars, it's the worst one. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And we could go down a 400-hour oh, yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. Like I was oh, just yeah. listening the other day, and they were just saying how when, when Joseph Smith was doing the Joseph Smith translation in Genesis, and he completely changed it to read that there was a you know a revelation that Joseph would bring forth the Bible and the Bible people will say a Bible is a Bible and why do we need the Bible? Mm -hmm. And this scholar was saying they don't have the word Bible back in those days. That's an American <laughs> word. You know, so simple things like that where you go, oh, I never thought of that. You know, but I I was talking to Sandra Tanner the other day and I said I loved your I loved one of your things on YouTube and it was in 1982 and Sandra Tanner is just, she's my new goddess, mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's like, she would say things and it was like, what was I doing in 1982? I and I was like, oh yeah, I was raising five and a half kids, yep. you know? So <laughs> it's kind of anyway, but the virgin birth is another big story in Greek, uh, Greek mythology. And I don't know why virginity is so important, but evidently it is. And including in Doctrine and Covenants section 132, we're talking about virgins. Mm -hmm. When I first read, when I first started my um, deconstruction and I read section 132 to my husband and, and, or I said something about virgins collecting 10 virgins. And he says, it doesn't say virgins. And I went, Oh, let me pull that up, Mr. Bishop Missionary. Uh, <laughs> virgins, virgin, 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 virgins, and the whole thing, you know. So, um, so that was really important. Uh, the other thing was that, um, and I'm going to show this little clip here. There's been a lot of controversy as was Jesus born December 25th, and they talk about the spring and the birth of the lambs and the three wise men and all of that. But he says that actually the birth of Jesus uh, is calculated from the time of death, from the time of the Passover, and they do all of this, you know, algebraic, whatever math, and they, that's how they try to figure out. So it isn't, it isn't perhaps completely out of the story that it could have possibly been in December, but there's a lot of other things going on in Greek and Roman mythology around the birth of Jesus, you know. So I think that the whole, if the important thing now in 2022, unless you want to, and there are many people who want to, because it makes life so easy. If you just want to read Matthew and Luke, if you just want to believe in a virgin birth, um, I don't know anybody else has <laughs> been able to have a baby without having sex, but if you want to believe that mythology and it makes you happy, go there. But if you don't yeah. want to, there's enough, there's Bart Ehrman, there's, um, uh, myth, myth, blah, blah, blah. there's another YouTube out there that does fabulous things just in, just start just so that you can be well-versed, just go out there and check it out. And yeah. Trish, thank you for bringing up that RFM just did one on Christmas. And I just think it's in, even if you want to keep your beliefs like Patrick Mason, 
and be a nuanced Mormon who believes in an entirely different religion than I was ever brought up in, but whatever, um, you know, then, then do it, do it. But if you're curious, there's a lot out there and we are certainly not going to teach you in this next hour, all of the nuggets of information that are out there. Sure. But yeah, so that's kind of where I thought that was interesting though. When I read that story, the other thing I wanted to read though, and I thought this was important because this is from an ancient book. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not, not, not dug up in, in Egypt anywhere. So she's holding up yeah. the Mormon doctrine. Oh yes. For those of you that are not watching on YouTube, it's Mormon doctrine by Bruce R. McConkie. And I have to tell you, one of the first books I would recommend is the biography of David O. McKay by um, um, Dr. Prince, because he goes into the, the history day by day journal kept by uh, prophet president McKay's secretary of his interactions with his apostles. And Bruce R. McConkie was one of his apostles. And one of the first things that Gregory Prince points out is that when Mormon doctrine came out, David O. McKay was like, absolutely not. There were so many, there were over 1600 fallacies in that book. And he asked him not to print it. He printed it anyway. It became the Bible. This is the Bible for Mormons in the entire time that I was growing up. And so David O. McKay, being the kind man that he was, just said, okay, fine. But when it's done, it's done. And we will not be reprinting it while they reprinted it. And they did change a few things. But I swear that people my age and above, this is what they think the Mormon church is all about. So Bruce R. McConkie says that all men were first born in the preexistence as the literal offspring of God, our heavenly father. This birth constituted the beginning of the human ego as a conscious identity by the ordained procreative process, our exalted and immortal father begat his spirit (laughs) progeny in the preexistence. All men and women are in the similitude of the universal father and mother and are literally the sons and daughters of deity. President Joseph F. Smith and his associates in the first presidency declared, true as Joseph Smith taught, man is a self-existent being for the intelligence of spirits is immortal and had no beginning. That is to say the bodies of deity spirits children were created from the existing spirit element just as the spirit bodies of the progeny of future exalted beings will be organized from the same substance. Christ, destined to be the only begotten son in mortality, was the first spirit offspring in preexistence. He is the firstborn among all the sons of God, the first begotten in the spirit, and the only begotten in the flesh. Now, my question is, if we are all literal sons and daughters of a heavenly father and mother, then when God came to Mary and impregnated her, and I do believe it says in here somewhere that they believe in a literal connection, then he was having an incestual affair with one of his daughters. Well, it doesn't matter because if we're all yeah. brothers and sisters, we're all having ancestral affairs. Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it just, it sets, I remember the first time and only time I read the Old Testament because I, after I got through with that, I, w- I closed it and I was like, oh crap. I, yeah. You know, because everybody's having sex with everybody and the I'm... stories don't make sense 
And, and I know you can go back to this, you know, presentism and all of that argument, but there's still, um, there's still a gut right and wrong that we all share. And I'm sorry, that just doesn't, it just doesn't also, work. Also, have any of you I guys, agree. have any of you guys heard the, the, the word or phrase word salad? Yes. Okay. That, that you just read was word salad. Yeah. Like (laughs) there was stuff in there that literally had no meaning whatsoever. Spirit material. Like what? Anyway. Yeah. Anywho, let's move on. (laughs) So that's, so I'm just saying the whole virgin birth thing. And then you get into with other Christians where they believe that, that there is a Trinity. And so when, when you read in the, in the scriptures and it talks about the Holy spirit came upon Mary, then, you know, in our, in, in the Mormon religion, it wasn't the Holy spirit because if he's the son of God, it had, God had to be the father. So it wasn't the spirit. So then you got that whole controversy. So yeah, Christmas is a lot more. We should just, we should just go take our kids to sit on Santa's lap and call it a a fun holiday. Except not Santa's lap. No, not Santa. (laughs) They can wave to Santa. (laughs) Oh, don't, don't sit on his lap. Okay. I I mean, we've had far too many ward Christmas parties. Oh no, no, no. Later. (laughs) <laughs> years I'll later find him in the bookings yeah yes. no brother jones you can't be you have a sexual restraining order you cannot be santa well that would be no. nice if they would do that but anyway <laughs> yeah i lived in such an innocent day you know in the 70s we just didn't think about stuff like that bad things didn't happen in the church no they did everybody Nothing was bad good happened. no yeah, that's a whole other discussion. Okay, that's a whole so other discussion. Yeah, yeah, so okay, so talking about December twenty fifth. Um, so Renee, did you want to show that clip now? Sure. Or? Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's let's do this. This will be fun. Of Saturnalia, and many times we have pagan communities converting to Christianity and continuing some of their traditions. So we have uh, pagans bringing evergreen boughs into the home, decorating with them, and then Protestants innovate on that in the 16th century in Germany and decorate full trees and then bring them into the home for Christmas. So there are relationships in some of the traditions, but those traditions differ wildly around the world. And already by 200 CE ish, we have Christians identifying the 25th of December as Jesus. Jesus' birthday based on ancient traditions about the date of someone's death relating to the date of their conception. Nine months later, we have their birth. And those calculations predate the arrival of Sol Invictus' celebration in Rome on the 25th. And Saturnalia (coughs) seemed to be mostly celebrated the week before anyway. Okay. So that was very interesting. And I think, again, America, I have to say, if you want to say a land, uh, you know, that this is a, a fabulous place to live, the fact that we can live in, in neighbors side by side with people of different color, different religions. You know, I lived in Japan for three years and everybody looked the same, brown hair, same skin color, you know, Buddhism, Hindu. It, 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 we should be admired for being a little bit strong. I mean, you know, but we have a lot to learn for sure. A lot to learn, but we, there, there's a lot of, and the fact that we're, some of us are from Germany. So we brought in Christmas trees and then you've got the people from Sweden and they've got the whole wreath thing and they brought in their customs and all of these customs, even Christianity, even Judaism. I was listening to a thing this morning where they were talking about this fabulous donut that is now part of Hanukkah because there were Jews that came over from, um, I 
think it was Germany and they had brought this thing, but then it was later in this, like in the sixties, they brought this and now this has become part of their tradition. So yes. we need to understand that these traditions were brought in by our countries that we came from. And so it's not a right or a wrong. Yeah. It's just a ritual. And I think it's a melting pot. Yes. Uh, you know, or, I kind now of now they like, call it a mosaic, but I don't ooh, know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I heard I like that better. I'd yeah. heard of I'd heard of stew because oh, okay. it's all the things that come together to make something better, but yeah. the pieces still are separate. Anyway, I like that. I like yeah. that. I, do too. I would say mosaic is good. I like that. So yeah. yeah. So um, that was actually kind of one of my points here to talk about, because I do want to kind of talk about how did December 25th get chosen as mm -hmm. the day to celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, it's interesting, Renee, that you chose that TikTok video because I had seen one before where someone was breaking down how, where Jesus could have been born going off of, um, uh, John the Baptist's birth because they have oh. more information about John the Baptist's birth okay. because of his dad working in the temple, blah, blah, blah. It was hilarious. But the thing that was funny about it was that there's so many uh, assumptions that you have to make even to do all the calculations yeah. that it's nobody knows. So no, that, let's yeah, just go exactly. with that. But um, I love the idea of kind of tracing back how did December 25th become the day that we chose? So, um, oh, first things first, I am an English teacher. So I think it's important to talk about where you're getting your information and how accurate it is. So um, I did use um, history, um, history.com, which is a pretty reliable source. Um, and then I also used um, this uh, website called simple to remember.com. Um, that is actually a website. It's a Jewish website. Hmm. So excuse me. Um, so there is a little bit of bias there because they're kind of talking about their point of view as far as why, why Christmas is not, we should be more aware of the background mm. of Christmas. So I do want to bring that out because mm. um, we will be talking a little bit about um, what they said on their website. Um, also, just letting you guys know, all of you listening, that none of us are <laughs> theologians or scholars bible we scholars are, right we are doing our research and hopefully giving you information that we find please do your own research and yes. see what yes. you find yes yes definitely yes Thanks, Chris. don't don't take this podcast to mom exactly. at christmas exactly. well on she became visible they said <laughs> they said yes, don't exactly. do that do your own research <laughs> and in the research that i have done for this for this podcast, I, I have been able to find a lot of things that say the opposite of each other. So yes, it's all out there. As we know, there's two sides to everything. So right, there you go. Right, okay. Right. Um, so what I find really interesting is um, things, most of these celebrations can be traced back to solstice. Mm -hmm. So the winter solstice and the, you know, yay, the sun is coming back. The days are getting longer. And that makes total sense when we're thinking about um, how, uh, people were so reliant on the sun. Like that's how right. we, that's how they didn't have electricity. That's how the you get in the equinox. Yes. And we have to be aware that, you know, we need to grow our, our, uh, our new crops and all of these things. And so um, they would have a celebration. They would, you know, 
worship that for the sun would come back, you know, that. So it kind of goes back to that. Um, the Norse tradition was actually called Yule. Um, and then their tradition, they would burn a log, a big, huge log um, for however long. And they have a tradition that as many sparks as came off of the log, that's how many newborn, like, calves or goats that they would have during that season uh, that next year so that's kind of fun so that's where the yule log comes from in case anybody was wondering that's where that comes from um in germany they worshiped the god odin and um odin was a um god who would fly through the sky and um they would they would he'd be able to see what you were doing and he would be able to tell you if you were going to be successful the next year or not. But people were so scared of Odin that they actually would hide in their houses. They didn't come outside very much because they were afraid that Odin would come by and see them and that they would not be successful the next year. So there's a little parallel there that we can look at. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also the Saturnalia festival. And this was done in Rome. And I think this is the biggest one that we do draw from uh, where right. Christianity started building off of right. because it was big in Rome. And Saturnalia yes. would go on for weeks at a time. The best way that I saw it um, described was kind of like our Mardi Gras, actually. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of partying in the streets, a lot of drinking, a lot of sex, a lot of nudity, like that. They had a great time during Saturnalia. And, and why wasn't that adopted? How did we... I mean, so, we, if we're going to grab a holiday ritual, people, no, I'm like, Renee, you are yeah. going to be surprised to find out that at first it was okay. adapted. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Darn yes. Christians. Yep. Yep. Actually, it was the Puritans Before who Christian. said no. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, so Christianity decided, okay, well, we've got to spread Christianity. And so what they did is they decided, well, let's pick a day at, on Saturnalia where people can just kind of, oh, look, I can celebrate this and Christmas at the yes. same time. Yes. And so that's how that started. And they did keep celebrating it just like that. And we have some traditions that are yeah. still from Saturnalia, yeah. one of which I found this out and I just about died laughing. One of the traditions was to um, go from house to house singing naked. So I'm glad they don't do that anymore. That is where caroling <laughs> came from. <laughs> These people, yeah, okay. Just, so, okay. Keep singing. Yeah. I'm sure they were drinking alongside that because that would know, be fun in the mall but, too. You know how the coast carolers wander the mall. Yes, that could be yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the drinking, but the drinking yeah, has the continued. Drinking. Yeah. Yes, it has. We have our eggnog that you know yeah. you put a little extra in there, you know. Yes. Musk. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and then also, I thought this was interesting that they had biscuits shaped like people. I could not figure out what the point of that was, but I'm like, oh, gingerbread men. That's yeah. where that came from. How okay. interesting. Yes, interesting. I thought that was interesting. Um, also, December 25th was the day that they celebrated the birth of Mithra. So one of their gods, that was a specific day for mm -hmm. Mithra. I also, in my research, found that there was a lot of gods from different different cultures mm -hmm. that was supposedly born on December 25th. Now, mm -hmm. I don't, this is another one of those things where I'm like, I'm still a little skeptical of this because right. that's pretty, I mean, how would we have all these gods on that one day? I don't know. Right. Just throwing that out there. I right. did find it, but once yeah. again, do your own research there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
now we do know that the Norse uh, people worship trees. And that's where we started bringing our Christmas trees in so that uh, we could have that. So this is interesting. During um, Saturnalia, um, there were some things happening that weren't great. So even though it sounded fun and and exciting and all of that, some of the things they would do is they would choose a person to kind of be, I'm going to say kind of be the fool that actually comes from Hunchback of Notre Dame. So I don't know if there's a, a, a parallel here or whether um, it's just something they did. But what they would do is they would choose a specific person and they would feed them, like overfeed them, make them, you know, sick Mm -hmm. from eating so much. And then they would like run them through the streets and they would like throw things at them and just make fun of them. And um, at the end, this person was actually um, killed. Okay. So, yes. So that's a thing. Now, when Christianity took over, they were much kinder. They did not kill the fool. Um, But instead, what they did is they just did it to Jews instead. So, yeah. So they would just take the Jews and they would feed them a whole bunch of food and run them through the streets. Um, Now, once again, this was from the website that I just said was was a Jewish website. Um, But it did have a reference to one of the popes who thought it was great fun to stand on top of the um, of his cathedral, whatever, and watch this and make fun of the Jews as they mm, were rushed mm. through the streets. So not, not good, not good. No. Um, but so most of the things that they, um, that they were already doing with Saturnalia, uh, kept, they kept during right. Christmas. Right. So most of the, the holiday things that we think as Christmas are pretty new, actually. So um, once the Puritan culture started coming into um, England, that was where Christmas was put a stop to because you couldn't drink and have sex and run around naked and all of these things. That's not a Puritan culture. And so they said, nope, no more Christmas. And so for a while, Christmas was kind of an underground thing. Like people Mm. did not celebrate Christmas much. And in fact, um, in I want to say Boston in the United States, Christmas was outlawed for um, probably 50 years or so. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) So um, it did not happen until um, Charles Dickens with the Christmas Carol. Um, And then, oh, my gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Irving. Oh, what's his first name? Washington Irving. Um, So they were the two authors who started um, bringing Christmas back into our society. But Mm. what is interesting is both of these authors saw Christmas as a time to love each other and bring Mm. each other in. And that was where um, the Christmas that we now have today started to come about. And interestingly, most of the Christmas traditions um, started in America, believe it Mm. or not. And then, so we did, like we were talking about, we did take things from other cultures, but a lot of the things that we would now say are Christmas were started here, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I don't know if you guys know how that got started. It was actually an ad. Yep. It was an ad. Oh, I thought it was Montgomery Ward, but you could be right. It could be Mason. I'm sorry. You could be right too. Well, it makes more sense. Yeah. 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 But yes, things like that where, um, it's it was they're completely um, American traditions, which is kind mm-hmm. of fun. I mean, being yeah. able to take things like we were talking about from different cultures and then, you know, build something 
that is uniquely ours and share it with the world. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We have to no. first be careful to not be uh, appropriating. But well, and I that, <laughs> the, the thing that I think the the uh, the TikTok what what it points out is we think in the story that we tell our children. The story that I heard in elementary school was when the the Mayflower you know arrived full of these Puritans. Uh, it was so that they could have religious freedom. Mm -hmm. That's a fallacy. Uh -huh. They wanted their religion mm -hmm. and their religion only. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, it's that. And that's kind of what Christianity has done. We want our religion and our religion only. Mm -hmm. And so that's where this whole, the fact that it even had to go underground, mm -hmm. even even Christianity had to go underground to be OK, is it's just amazing. The. And that's to hide. why, it, yeah, and they, to hide. So they were hiding. They were hiding from other Christians, which and now the other religions are, have been hiding all these yeah. years to not offend the Christians, and now they're coming out and going, "No, we live here. This is our country too," which yeah. is what truly, supposedly, it was supposed to be founded on. Yes, and so, and it's it's just it. it's so, yeah. and honestly, it is sad that that history has been taught the way it has because it has created a lot of the division that we're experiencing today yes. is this false history, yes. this nice, nicey, nice that yep. was recorded. And that's what's created this, but that's the truth. That's the way it's always yep. been. It's like, yep. new. Yep. So, oh, yeah. I did find one thing about giving presents that I thought was quite entertaining. So uh, giving of presents actually started in Saturnalia where people would come and give gifts to the emperor, you know, like those kinds of things. And then they did transition into giving gifts to each other. But the part I liked the best was during kind of that Puritan culture, like you have to be really strict to, to your children, mm -hmm. um, that Christmas was the one day a year where they could kind of spoil their kids. They could actually oh. do something kind for their children. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, how interesting. <laughs> now, see, now this is another example of the pendulum just going way too far. Yes. Now we're just way so kind. We should have one day a year where we're like, absolutely not. You cannot speak to me that you're, way. <laughs> you're not doing anything today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, we just, yeah. so Liz, were you able to find anything about Santa? Yeah, so um, what I discovered was, um, I think it was around two, three hundred um, A.D. Um, he, there was actually a man in Turkey, of all places, <laughs> who um, he was very much like Jesus in my mind. What I read. He was generous. He was giving. Everywhere he went, he tried to make things better. Um, his name was, of course, St. Nicholas. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, um, and so he later was, um, I don't know what they call it, but he became the patron saint of children. And that... Um, just like other things expanded and expanded and became more and more, um, you know, we have father Christmas and Chris Kringle and, you know, as it became canonized and, um, that was the word I was looking for <laughs> and spread across, you know, the world literally. But, um, it's funny to me that, um, there probably was a really good person that did these things. And then it just all got very 
I don't want to use the wrong word because it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. But and then there's all these takeoffs, you know, it started out with a stocking with a few pieces of candy and some nuts and oranges. And my gosh, I mean, there's so many things, you know, and then Rudolph and the reindeer and the chimney and um, even his attire is different. In some countries, he's Father Christmas in a robe and um, well, you've got the Dutch holiday with the shoes. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, there you, a, yeah. You know, the, the wooden the shoes. Sh- yeah. Yeah. And then I, I like, mean, Trish, I, what you were saying about Odin. It's like flying through the sky. Yeah. Watching over you. Yeah. Well, honestly, <laughs> I have a cousin um, back east, and she has been a practicing pagan. In fact, her ex-husband is was a leader of one of the largest groups of pagans back east um and I I up until I discussed with her what that was all about I used to think paganism was devil worshiping yeah yeah (laughs) but in all honesty it's so much like indigenous culture yes so this is actually pretty interesting um when I did a little bit of research about Saint Nicholas also and he was a good man and he did he did good things um but what's interesting is that um so when he died there was a group of sailors who took his bones to Turkey I'm sorry from Turkey to Italy and when they got there somehow Nicholas kind of kicked out a female deity. So like not Nicholas himself, but the people who were worshiping him. Um, And this female deity used to fill children's stockings with gifts. So somehow, yeah. So somehow St. Nicholas kind of took over that and um, they had an anniversary of his death, which was December 6th. So um, once the Catholic church decided they needed to get more people to join them. So I guess there was a group of people who worshiped St. Nicholas. At, they were like pagans, but they worshiped, yes. they worshiped Nicholas. And so when the Catholic church decided, you know what, we can take, we can bring Nicholas into Christmas. And they and, were like. And uh, what's the word up our membership? That's yes. what it was all about. Yes, it totally was, which is why they did Saturnalia. And so right. now they're like, you know what, let's take. And so the one that I looked at actually called it the cult of Nicholas. I don't know if that's really a thing. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> well, and that was one of the things that Dan was pointing out on his YouTube was that it's not not it's not not true right. that there was a. uh Look, if we're going to get these people to join our church, we're going to have to we're going to have to let them keep a few of their parts. Compromise, right? So it was a it was a like, look, let's do this thing where you can still party, but we're going to do it and we're going to call it Christmas, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the same. It's yeah. the same, yeah. And that and you can see that it's like. They have Diet Coke at BYU now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. saying there is compromise. There's amalgamation <laughs> yeah. everywhere. But I think that's funny, Trish, that it was the it was the woman god that said, let's put candy in the thing. Like, like who's who's stuffing the stockings at one o'clock in the morning? <laughs> right. Not Saint Nick. He's snoring. Oh. He, he's gone to bed long ago. It's it's Mrs. Claus that's finishing up all the stuff. I have to tell you a story. <laughs> My sister will not be mad at me. Okay. My my brother-in-law might be mad at me, but okay. my sister well, it doesn't matter. Me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is this is the best. Okay, so when my sister got married, 
um, first Christmas, they're, they're, you know, Christmas morning, they're getting stockings out and everything. And her husband is like going through his talking. Oh, I got this. I got this. This is so great. I got all these things. And he turns to her and goes, what'd you get in your stocking? Oh. <laughs> and That's she, so and she goes, nothing. <laughs> Where did he think that was? That is the best story I've ever. That says it all right there. No more words need to be said. I don't. And it's he, like, to this I don't to know. This did day, your mom come and do your stocking and she forgot my, yep, yep. your mom? <laughs> to this day, he's like, well, I don't know what I thought. I just, I just assumed it would get done. <laughs> okay. That brings us to the next subject of whether we should tell our children about Santa. Yes. Maybe we should only tell our female children about Santa because that men are more logical, literal thinkers. So evidently it continues on into adulthood. Uh, evidently. <laughs> no, that was a great, yes, great segue. Yeah. So, okay. So when I had had young kids and I, and people were having this big old deal about don't lie to your kids. It's, you know, it's bad for them, whatever. I was like, you're crazy. Kids love to have, you know, fun and pretend yeah. and, yeah. you know, fantasy. And I love all of those things. I'm an English teacher. I love that stuff. So I did not see a problem with it. Until <laughs> I started seeing a, a parallel between Santa and God. Yeah. And now I, I would still, if, okay, so if I was going to redo it now, I would still have Santa. We would still do it. It's fun. It's play. It's fantasy. But I would be honest with them. And I would tell mm -hmm. them it's fun. It's play. It's fantasy. Because the thing that I have seen is that are we training our children to believe in things they can't see, that cannot be proven, that, you know, we're, we're telling them lies about that. I just, I can't do it because I feel like I want my kids to be able to be critical thinkers. Mm -hmm. And if I am getting them to believe in things, telling them it's true, <laughs> yeah. how are they going to be critical thinkers? So there's my opinion. What do you guys think? I want to tell you that when my children were small um I worked full-time and my husband worked in Phoenix and Vegas and I had six little kids I had to be up at 5 a.m and have them at the babysitter at 5 30 and I Christmas was a rush it was very hard for me my husband would get home on Friday that barely gave me time to do his laundry and get his things in order, put back in a suitcase so he could fly out again mm -hmm. on Sunday evening. I got, I told my kids about Santa Claus out of frustration when they were very little because I didn't want some fat guy with a beard deciding if my children were good or not and getting the credit for my hard work. Good for now, you. Yeah. I have a I have a very spirited daughter, even more than me. She was in third grade and she had been told a couple years before this time. And she told in school, she went to school and she was standing her ground. I got a call from the principal and I said, you know, why are you calling me over a fairy tale? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said it's, you know, basically let everybody believe what they believe. And, you know, mm-hmm. people that want to believe in Santa, they still will. Yeah. They want it so bad. Yeah. It's just like members of the church. Yeah. They want it so bad. Yeah. They'll uh, disregard the Kinderhook plates and the black magic and a million other things I could go on and on about, you know? Well, and I think that, you know, I, I know Drew Barrymore is in the in news right now because supposedly she said to her children um, that she doesn't give them gifts for Christmas, that she creates memories. And uh, we did that when the kids finally got, they were all teenagers. They were all older and you couldn't buy them anything that they wanted. It was too expensive to do for six kids. And, and so we decided we would just start doing memories instead. Mm-hmm. So we took them all on a vacation, but yes. this is a hard habit to break. Right. So I thought, yes. well, I'll, I'll just get them a stocking stuffer, you know, there again, Mrs. Claus in the stocking. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll just bring one little gift for everybody for the stocking stuffer. And I had one son, who was um, uh, very particular and he opened up his gift. And this is how stupid, I, this is how desperate mothers are. I got him a beautiful sweater at from Abercrombie and Fitch. He worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, okay? He opens up the sweater, he goes, mom, what are you doing? I could buy this at a discount. What, why, you know? And that's when I just realized, okay, this has to stop. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I don't know what to buy you guys anymore. Uh, you all will just, here's some, here's 20 bucks. Yep. They are much happier with that, yep. you know, but the memories, honestly, I could not tell you, I could tell you the Christmases when I went downstairs and counted the number of gifts under the present for my little brother and then counted the ones for me. And I wasn't old enough to understand that those three gifts for me were probably more expensive than the nine yep. gifts from him, from yep. those or us. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it, but I was still ticked off, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, if we could just get rid of this whole gift thing and just do experiences or something. And, and Renee, I think that goes back to something you brought up earlier about how unfair that is for families who don't have the money for Christmas. Right. To you think know? that there's a Santa and, Claus. Yeah. And what's the first thing that happens when you come back to school? What'd you get for Christmas? What yes. did you get for Christmas? You know? And then yeah. what about these kids? Are there, are there parents telling them there's not really a Santa because we can't afford anything. And I don't want you to think that Santa hates you. Like, right. how do you like, how, ugh, that's, yeah. but also, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Also, also the perception of the other children, are they the bad kids? Mm. The kids that are wearing the same clothes they had on before holiday break, yeah. you know, it's just so unfair and it, yeah. it's creating a case system that I yeah. hate. Mm-hmm. I yeah. hate it to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely, I think, a, 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 that should be put in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer category. It should be well known that it's not true. And we should stop this because it is probably causing more heart. The whole, one of the reasons why I dislike Christmas is the amount of suicides, the amount of loneliness, the amount of sorrow that this whole Hallmark idea of Christmas brings Mm -hmm. that um, I just, it's just not a fun holiday for me. And it is, it is like you were saying, Liz, it's a, it, it brings out the caste system in America very clearly of who enjoys and who loves Christmas. And I have 18 Christmas trees and, you know, and this kind of I thing. I know, an elf on yeah. the shelf. And oh, that's a bad. And now they make clothes for elf on the shelf. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, good grief. You know, yeah. there's, there's 
every we have to keep adding and and I, yeah. I know that with the church even I had to go okay I've got to take the bits and pieces that work for me and yeah. you know yeah and I guess that's what we're supposed to do but it's really hard yeah but at some point you have to look at the damage and you have to compare yes. I, think that's what, I think that's what we're all pointing out that is these are these are all wonderful stories that are really kind of rooted in mythology from the very beginning but we as humans must have rituals. We love, yes. we have to have yes. a tribalism. We have to have rituals. We have to have that. And, and so we continue this, this system that goes on, but it sometimes we think, is this more doing more damage than good? And, and I, and, and I think uh, it is important for us if we feel like that, you know, something's not working for right, us, if we right. understand that history behind it, where it came from, that you kind of, you do have choices. Like you exactly. don't, you don't have to do the same thing everybody else does. Uh, at, at my school, we had a day because it's like, you know, you have the week before holidays is your right. spirit week. So one of our days was dressed like your favorite holiday. And oh. I wore suns because oh. I was like, I'm going to celebrate solstice. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I wore suns. And That's how fun was that to be able to like, this is my holiday. That's great. I love that idea. I would love to go back. Yeah. I've told my children for years, I'd love to go back to Equinox and Solstice yes. and keep it simple. And I guess yeah. we can. My family yeah. can. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm with you when you talk about the whole uh, the whole idea of solstice and the equinox and Sambian and all of the other holidays that are based around nature and the seasons and the harvest and the sun and the moon, yes. because that is what the indigenous culture did. And they took care of this country and they knew how nature worked and they saw how that the, this was, you know, the, the death of the, planting had to happen yes. and everything had to freeze and then the calves had to be born and then this is where they there's just so much that goes back to preservation and taking care of our country where all of these other holidays are about materialism and you know accumulating material items which is the absolute opposite of what Christ taught and so it's it uh, it would be a beautiful thing if we could just have that say do you know do you know that in before 2035 that people in America and I, it would be so beautiful if these holidays would maybe just kind of go away and just turn back into well worshiping nature and, and not worshiping but giving thanks and treating it for yes. being grateful if we could do that for sure well, ho well hopefully what podcasts like these and things there that we're go. putting out there are giving yeah. people ideas for well what what do you want your holiday season to be what exactly. do you want it to feel like what do you want to, to put out into the world and well we get and to choose. I know what that's right and I'm now going to go shopping uh, go shopping uh, for my stocking because Evidently, my husband got that same Santa message. Okay. And so okay. I, you know, I have got things to do. <laughs> well, you get got... some suns, put some yes. suns in it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you guys so much. This has been great. It's been so fun. And I think, again, it's just a matter of when you, when you know better, you do better. And, and we didn't, we didn't know we, and, but we're, we're learning and please give us grace for uh, the stupidness that we, absorbed and swallowed and took in as truths but now we're learning more and the truth is to stand up and say I didn't know that I'm sorry that that happened I'm going to try and do better please excuse me for my mistakes because I'm still going to fumble um, but I think there isn't a person on this earth 
that couldn't learn from the past and be better in the future. So that's what I think. We're graduating. Absolutely. (laughs) So happy holidays, everyone. Happy solstice. Yes. Yes. We'll see you next year in January, 2023. Okay. Thanks ladies. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. That was great fun. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. It was just a fun, frivolous look back on why we celebrate um, the birth of Christ or Santa or any of the other holidays that we do in December. I hope all of you have a happy holiday, whatever that means in your life. And I hope you celebrate in whatever way makes you and your family happy. And we will all, we will see you again next year. We have a fabulous lineup in January. We've got some great women uh, coming on, she became visible. And please, if you would, if you would subscribe to she became visible, because we want to know that you're out there listening. And I also want to say, if you're giving, if in the spirit of giving, if you would be so inclined to donate to Mormon discussions, that is the umbrella that she became visible falls under. And Bill Real is doing an amazing job. He has quite a few podcasts under his umbrella and they are all serving the community in one way or another and a any contribution. And let me tell you what I do. Um, I signed up for Amazon smile program. So any purchase that I make on Amazon, there is a donation that goes to Mormon discussions. And that might be a way for you to donate without feeling as though you're taking more money out of your very scarce budget as it is. So that's just an idea, but I encourage you to do that. Let's make 2023 a great year for Mormon discussions. Please get on the Mormon discussions. Look at all of the podcasts that fall under that umbrella. There's some wonderful knowledge out there. It goes all the way from uh, marriage on a tightrope. If you're in a mixed faith marriage or RFM is, is an historical mind genius. And he and Bill in his Mormonism Live, the banter is fabulous. You will laugh. You will learn. Um, Almost Awakened is touching your spirituality. Uh, uh, Ramiumpton is just so fun. And I, I have a connection with Scott and I love his podcast. There's just so many wonderful podcasts that fall under Mormon discussions and there'll be something there for everybody. So I encourage you to go under Mormon discussions. If you go into shebecamevisible.org, you will see a place for you to donate. And I encourage you to do that. So happy new year, happy holidays. And we will talk to you later. Whatever you do, women, make your Christmas gift, your holiday gift, your whatever gift is to yourself to stand up and become visible. Bye-bye.